0: I'd always looked at a bath as like a luxury, you know, you put some candles and dim the lights maybe, you have some bubbles and that would be sort of relaxing. And that became completely the opposite. Looking at the water is like looking at a vat of acid. It was really difficult. I was now Try and be positive. Okay, this is not, this is all in my mind. It's not going to affect me.
1: Welcome to Beautiful Strangers. Thanks for being here. None of the stories in this series are connected, but all of them have lived, loved, and lost. I'm Jack Sutterby, uh, and this one's called Allergic to Water with Nikki Hurst and her husband, Tony.
0: I started getting symptoms when I was around, I think I was 23, 24 years old and um, and I'd moved into a new flat um, I started getting sort of stinging and itching so I thought maybe it was the carpet that I was allergic to. Um, and also because I'd moved areas I thought maybe the water was slightly more chlorinated or there was something in the water that was uh, affecting me. It wouldn't ease off, it would just get really, really bad. And then I would go into the bathroom and have a shower. And... symptoms would then get worse. I'd I'd get a lot more stinging and itching, um, but then the symptoms would die down. In the beginning, it would last maybe um, an an hour or so, but after I had a shower or a bath, then it it would dissipate and I wouldn't have the symptoms anymore until the next night. And then it started all over again. I was working. I'd started um, a new job. I did have some emotional things that I was going through as well. Um, In my early 20s, I was actually raped. And when I was raped, my mind blocked that. And then I remembered child abuse. And so I went to the doctor and I was dealing with the child abuse and they put me in counselling. And through dealing with the child abuse, then my brain was able to unlock the the rape that had happened as well. So the time that the symptoms started, I was in a very emotionally sort of raw place and all of this was going on because so I was going through counselling. It was a family member that had abused me as a child. So that was a whole other element that I was having to, to deal with. And then I realised that, in actual fact, um, the symptoms were actually getting worse when I was in contact with water. My hands were okay, my feet were okay, my head and scalp was okay. It seemed to be mainly my legs and my arms, and then it progressed to the trunk of my body. The symptoms got really, really bad over the eight-year period and it went from stinging at night-time to um, stinging all the time. It was as if a million hot poker needles had been put into your skin at one time. There was also, like, an itchy sort of sensation. It was just like a burning pricking sensation all over. And it it might be that it felt like one little prick and then it would be, like, you know, millions millions of... ...over your skin. skin. Terrible, terrible burning sensation. Really dark moments during that period where you just... ..you don't know what to do with yourself, you just don't want to be alive anymore because it's just so um, excruciating. roll up in a ball and um, you just you just didn't know what to do with yourself the pain was so bad that I actually found myself hitting my skin it's always like trying to counteract the pain that you're that you're in slapping your skin on my arms and my legs
1: and this would happen every day
0: um yes, this would happen every every day. It was many, many years later that I took into account the fact of drinking water would have an effect. The moment I can only drink sparkling water. Um there was in a quite a long period of time that I couldn't drink any water at all. So the rest of the time I tend to have milk-based drinks. Um, I also found that anything with a high concentration of water, so maybe orange squash or um, a cordial, would have the same effect. There was one occasion where I went to a car fair out in the open and um, and it was a really hot, sunny day and then all of a sudden it came over grey. I didn't really think much about it. I was in shorts and a T-shirt and then the heavens opened and a downpour came and literally um within seconds of it of it stopping i was in excruciating pain the pain would last for maybe 2 3 hours um after being caught in the rain or having a shower or or a bath and sometimes even 24 hours of pain I knew that having a shower would actually make my symptoms a lot, a lot worse. So I stopped having showers, and I would have a bath instead. Once you you immerse yourself in the bath, um, you're okay. But as soon as your skin comes out of the water and it hits the air, then the symptoms will will start. I tried loads of things: um, deep breathing meditation, trying to think of other things, cleaning the bath afterwards, you know, just trying to keep busy, maybe doing the hoovering, any, anything to try and take my mind off of the pain. When I first had my daughter, her biological father left me when I was three months pregnant. So, yeah, so she came into the world just with me, really. I was doing it all by myself. She grew up knowing that when I'd had a bath, she had to leave me alone because mummy mummy was hurting. Um, and she was a really, really good little girl. And even as she got older, she'd say, oh, you know, Mummy, can I, can I get you a cup of tea? As a toddler, I remember she was about three or four years old, and she'd just come into the bedroom and hug me and pat my hand. And then she'd go into her bedroom and play. I feel really sad when I look back um, about the, the moments because I thought I was shielding her from what I was going through by saying, oh, you know, don't, don't forget when mummy has a bath, you need to go and play with your toys or do some drawing or colouring. Though I thought I was shielding her without taking into account that um, it did have an impact on her and she understood more than I thought she understood. The cake business started because I needed something to take my mind off of everything that I was going through with the pain. If I took on an order for a cake, whether it be for a birthday or a wedding, then I was able to focus my mind and think, "Okay, I I can't do anything silly. I've got to, you know, crack on and um, not let these people down with their cakes. I'm very keen to help people and make them happy and not let anybody down. And so that became my driving force in my life, really. I did start doing it um, full-time, um, and then, unfortunately, I had a car accident and broke my back. My spine came off of my pelvis, and so I had a, what's called a 360-degree fusion. That took a long time to recover, and I'm still disabled from it, so there's a lots of things that I, I can't do because it's too painful. it's the antibodies that are attacking you so the theory was that if we take all the plasma out and you have clean plasma put in, there's no antibodies to actually attack your body anymore when you come into contact with water. You're hooked up to a machine, you have a tube going into one arm which is the blood that goes in and then a the tube coming from the other arm where the blood is coming out and the blood is drawn out of your body into the machine so it whizzes round and it's separate from the blood and then I have donated plasma um, in bottles that drips back into the machine and into your body. They describe it as like running a marathon because the blood comes in and out, goes through the machine and it's probably um, gone through your body, you know, maybe 30, 40 times. if I had a bath, if I had a shower, if it rained. I would mark out of 10 what the pain was. The blood transfusions in the beginning were twice a week, weekly. And then after about three months, the pain score started to go down. Although I still had pain having a bath and I've still not been able to have regular showers, Once every two weeks I could have a bath and I knew that I may only get 10 minutes of pain and sometimes I didn't get any pain at all. I was like a guinea pig um to begin with with the treatment process and to be quite honest all the way through um it's been a bit like being a guinea pig. I'm the first person that had the blood transfusions for aquagenic pruritus and urticaria and the only person that's that's had that. In 2018 I got married. I came back from my honeymoon and I had the transfusion and then unfortunately I had severe reactions to the transfusion. The machine was run a little bit too fast for my body. This unfortunately um, was a new member of staff and it would normally take around two and a half, three hours to complete the whole treatment and this treatment happened in an hour I've had the side effects before where you feel like um, a buzzing sensation and then you lose control of your eyes and your peripheral vision goes and your eyes sort of start rolling around in your head. But This time it then went on to seizures and I suffered severe seizures for about four days. And unfortunately because of the seizures they stopped the treatment so I, I no longer have any treatment for blood transfusions.
1: Hey, just to quickly say, after this interview I sent that bit of audio to the hospital and asked them if they wanted to comment about the machine being run too fast and her treatment having to stop because of her seizures and they got back to me uh, with no comment. They didn't want to say anything. Your husband's actually outside. Are you okay to go and get him and yeah. bring him in? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. If, only if it's all right with him. I mean, yeah. it's kind of putting him on the spot, but yeah, all right. That. Come in. You okay to chat? So to put you on the spot. Of course. Come in. I'm always there to give her support and put an arm around her and give her a cuddle when you know when the pain's at its worst. Mm. The
0: funding had had stopped and the pain got really, really bad. In fact, the first time that it was really intensive, it was my daughter that came in and she was hugging me. She said, oh, I'm going to go and get Tony, he's downstairs. And I said, no, don't tell him, I don't want him to see me like this. He's never seen it this bad before. And then I told him that I'd dealt with it on my own and how bad it was. And he said to me, no, you mustn't do that. And so the next time that it was really, really intensive... He was in the bedroom with me and he just held me, which was amazing. When you're in so much pain and you just want the world to kind of end and it to swallow you up to have somebody put their comforting arms around you and in actual fact it sounds really crazy but i always say to him that he's got healing hands Mm -hmm. i don't know whether it's because the love is so intense between us (laughs) he just sort of um will put his hands on um on me and it it helps i think it's just the love that that comes through Next, I'm waiting to be re-referred. And now, I, I don't know, I'm just taking every day as it comes and trying to get through life. Mainly, I'm trying to help other people. I'm very conscious as well of mental well-being. And I volunteer for a trade union and I've arranged through them a mental health awareness training course for their representatives so yeah my therapy is, is helping others when you have a condition it's either give up or carry on But I always say, it's relative. Whatever you're going through is personal to you. So don't don't think that your situation is any less than my situation.
1: So after I finished editing the podcast, I got in contact with Nikki again, just to check up on how she was. And she had some really good news, so... I thought I'd stick on at the end of this, which is why this mic sounds terrible because I'm recording it in my bedroom. Um, yeah, it's a bit more positive.
0: So since we met, um, I was waiting for an appointment to um, be referred to a specialist. And I've actually um, was referred back to the original specialist, Dr George, who sent me for the blood transfusions. And so he's seen me and reviewed the situation and has re-referred me back to the John Radcliffe to continue the treatment that I was having before.
1: How long will it be until you can get back on that machine?
0: I don't know. Um, wait and see, but at least it's the, a tick in the box. We're, we're moving the right the right way and that gives you something to hold on to. And um, obviously the longer I go without treatment, the, the worse the symptoms get they just get worse and worse but it was actually really nice seeing dr george as well because i was the first patient that he had referred to apheresis i think we discussed it that it was very experimental we didn't know whether the treatment was going to work or anything yeah, you called
1: you called yourself a guinea pig
0: yeah that's right that's right yeah and um and since then he's got like a whole unit and um and refers people all the time and Loads of other patients are now benefiting, which is really nice to hear because it means that from my condition, other people with other conditions, whether it's you know problems with the skin and also neurological issues, they're getting the treatment, and it all stems back to him referring me. So that's that's like that's made me really happy to to hear that in some way. What's happened to me is helping other people.
1: So you've left a legacy, almost.
0: Yeah. Yeah yeah yeah
1: that's it from this one this episode was produced edited and interviewed by me Jack Sutterby thanks to Nikki Hurst for her courage and relentless spirit and of course to her lovely husband Tony um yeah thanks for listening bye um hey before I go just quickly and it We'll be quick. I'm gonna do a thirty-second timer. I'm gonna put this at the end of every episode, by the way. So if you want to skip, then feel free to press the fifteen-second thing. Um, okay, thirty-second timer. So I've really enjoyed making this episode and series. Um, but I, I, oh, this is an awful start. <laughs> if you enjoyed the episode and series, I'd love it if you could share it around also i've done it on zero budget i've edited it in my bedroom i've not been able to pay for contributors they've all done it for free which has been amazing um i've set up a gofundme page just type in uh, beautiful strangers into gofundme and you can donate and it would mean so much to me it'd be amazing that's 30 seconds yeah you don't have to but it'd be cool if you did cheers